All right, you want to get started? Let's get started. Okay, so let me pull up my notes. Hold on. Okay, pull so... them up. I got my I got my notebook here. It's got flowers on it. Nice. Yeah, very Keely like. Yeah, if only um, it was a unicorn. Keely likes pink a little bit more than I do, to be yeah. honest. Yo, speaking of Keely and pink, those Versace uh-huh. like platform shoes she's been wearing the last oh, few episodes. I actually, so what is she? Okay, so I both love and hate those simply because um, they make me scared. Yeah, no. um, <laughs> they look high. <laughs> they look like they look like the kind that it's like, um, like you would be concerned. Like, you would wear them, it would be fun, and then you would um, wear it, and you would twist an ankle and, like, die, and die. Yeah. I just look at her, yeah, like, when are you going to roll that ankle? And she's such a spindly little thing, you know? It's like, those ankles. How strong are your ankles, Keely? She must have very strong ankles. Probably so. Because um, it's, like, very, it's very concerning. But, yeah, I love them. I think they're just so cute. And I love that they have repeated them. Yes. You know? like, well, I love so that's when shows actually repeat that's clothes. actually a thing I've noticed. Did they get a sponsorship from Versace? Because like, a lot of the clothing has been know. Versace. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's like a lot Versace, of what Zava Versace, is wearing Versace. is Versace. A lot of what Keely is wearing is Versace, and it's like very noticeably Versace. Um, I'm not sure what brand, um, like uh, Jamie is wearing, but like there has been a lot of Versace. I feel like Jamie does a lot of. I mean, I'm not a fashionista, I don't know. But he does a lot of, like, more obscure type stuff to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But anyway, let's get started with episode three of season three. And this one was a lot. They I'm ready. In one episode. Um, and it's called 451, which I did not know what the title meant until we got into the episode. Um, which is, it's a configuration in play. Yeah, I didn't know that until we got into it and found out what that meant. So, yeah, so this is a great episode. Let's get started. Let's get started. Let's get weird. Oh, yeah. I'm very caffeinated today. <laughs> so, um, we start out with Colin and <laughs> Collie Boy. Also, my notice on this is wear clean clothes. That's my only that's my only problem is is he gets up and picks his goddamn clothes up off the floor. Cuz he's I'm like at, Colin. He's at Baby Boo's house. Oh, I thought he was I thought he was at his own house. He's at Baby Boo's house? I had assumed Okay, then Colin forgiven. Colin forgiven yeah. then. I had assumed that he was at his own house cuz it was like it seemed like a baller's house. But then I was like why would cuz like Baby Boo is like chilling in his robe making breakfast and Colin gets up and puts on his old clothes from maybe, yesterday maybe 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 colin put on a command performance last so night i was like some breakfast i was like that's not his house oh, okay that makes a little bit more sense then yeah, but i still clues. think i still think that um maybe maybe mr colin put on a command performance that demanded breakfast in bed you know colin lays it down oh, colin God, yes. absolutely lays it down like i have no doubt about that um yeah <laughs> yeah so we wake up to a naked colin um, and all I have to say, Julia, is that actually she's got a nice tushy. Yeah, I liked it. I I found it pleasing. Um, and I wouldn't turn it down. I mean, obviously, I don't know if he would be interested in me, but I'm just saying. Yes, Colin, the character. I um, I just want to say collectively to the whole Ted Lasso fandom, we won, guys. <laughs> we fucking won. <laughs> remember when you didn't like Colin? Like I do remember. I called him Welsh hole, and I have apologized. You did. Already for that, you know, because I can. I just own like to remind shit. you of that because he is—he's such a goofy little sweet, 
they've all become like such little sweethearts. Yeah, I'm okay with being reminded of that because he was a dick. He was well. He was under the negative influence of well, like actually, I think uh, Roy calls it out pretty. Like Colin is a chameleon. He's and we find out kind of why he. I think this kind of explains why he was so eagerly following Jamie in earlier episodes because he knows the second he's outed, it's going to be a goddamn problem. He is well practiced at being a chameleon. Yes. Yeah. As comes with what I would imagine would be the life of being a closeted football star. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we won. Okay, everybody. Colin won. They're doing some fan service here, and I love it. Colin is gay, one. Colin has a man, two. And we're going to see how that all plays out. He's a cute man. Ooh. He He's was a cute. cute a cute patootie. A cute patootie. I don't know if we got his name. Did you? Michael. Oh, was it Michael? Okay, because in yes. my notes, I just kept calling him Baby Boo. <laughs> uh, I didn't catch his name. but um, Michael. You see it when it, uh, when he's texting. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. And he does call it, and he says, Hi, guys, this is my friend Michael. When he, we see him at the restaurant later. At Ola's, okay. I'm having to pick up so many context clues because they're, they're not laying it out really clearly. I don't think they have been together very long. I don't think they have. I think it's a new. I think it's yeah. a newer relationship. It feels new, to be honest. It, yeah, it feels promising. But but like I think he really like I think they clearly like each other. But they, I think they've been along, been, been together long enough that one he's comfortable inviting him out with his friends, and two that Michael has a clear understanding that it ha- they have to pretend to be closeted. Yeah, it's sad. Which I feel very bad for them because like. Yeah, like, there are no gay professional athletes. Like, right. it's one of, like, the last barriers that kind of, I feel... In soccer. Like, well, in soccer and anything. In male soccer, particularly. Yeah, in male soccer. In female sports, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. But, like, there is, like, there's no, like, to mine, I think there's a few professional, I think there's somebody in hockey who's out and gay. But I think that's the only sport. Like, there's no one in basketball, I believe. There's no one I mean, in there used to be couple people in football but the the big thing is like are you out and still on the field are you out and still yes. playing because people will come yeah. out after they retire and things like that yeah but because people are so fucking weird. and you realize why colin drives that ridiculous goddamn car because he has to uh hide like it's it's he's he's aping the macho man persona mm, that's interesting oh you didn't oh like that's why he's his chant is i'm a strong capable man like he is like, that's where I think a lot of his insecurity stems from. I could, yeah, I could buy that. I could buy that. Is, is that he's, you know, he's doing this hyper-masculine thing, but he doesn't tick all the boxes. Like, it yeah. wouldn't shock me if he has no real interest in cars. Or, like, you know, or... Oh, well, he certainly maybe... can't drive them. <laughs> God bless his heart. He really can't. That was very funny. I like how the theme song started and stopped when he hit the yeah. bins. Well, I loved when when uh, little Michael goes safe driving because he knows his man can't drive. No, he can't. Like they it's haven't a... been together very long, but he knows that much. <laughs> yeah, bless his heart, Colin. Bless your heart. Yeah. Like, like take a class or something. Like, cause like that's a like I don't think Lamborghini. I think that's a Lamborghini. It's a Lamborghini or Ferrari. I don't it was know. a Maserati, I think. I don't know that particular I one. I don't know anything about cars, but you know what I do know. I'm not sure. I just looked at the the uh logo i think you're right um one time i passed a maserati driving home from driving from um new york to pennsylvania in my 2012 ford fiesta 
And that might be the proudest moment of my life. Nice. Because <laughs> um, I like blew by him. One and- time I was in uh, driving through Baltimore, somebody else's car. Mm-hmm. And there was a person on the street that mistook a Mazda for a Maserati. Oh. And they were like, all right, Maserati. And I was like, yes. <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't a Maserati. Um, anyway, so after the theme song um, where Colin runs into the trash cans. Oh, bless his heart. We're with the team at Nelson Roads. And fans appear to be super excited about Zava. They're all waiting there. Ted, Beard, and Roy are in the manager's office, and they're discussing uh, adjusting the team lineup now that Zava is joining the team. And, you know, Ted says, if his maths are correct. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and Roy is just like, yeah. And then he goes, correct. No. no. <laughs> yeah, Americans, we like subject-verb agreement more than uh, uh, the British do, apparently. But... So he says they'll have to sit one of their starting lineup um, to adjust for Zava, and they decide to bench our boy Colin, our strong, capable man. So he's a strong, capable man. Yeah, he'll be okay. And I like that he's a commit. Like I feel like they're setting up. So we're not in the prediction sections, but there's like I think there's something happening here. Like I'm like the Zava thing is obviously going to. They're taking people for granted. I think. You know what I mean? Say more. So, like, Colin's a chameleon, right? And so they're just taking advantage of the fact that he'll just kind of tolerate it. He'll, he'll shift, you know, and he'll, he'll he'll deal with it. And, like, the next beat they have, and that's a little, I think it's after Higgy Bottoms comes in, is um, they're, they're talking about, like, well, with Zava playing, you know, playing the front line, the striker who who are they going to have who are they going to move back to midfield and they don't yeah they danny don't make, or jamie danny or jamie and they don't make the decision i think correctly which is uh, to say they go based on they don't go on based on who would actually be the best in that position they make it based on who's going to tolerate the change the best for all we know jamie might be an excellent midfielder like he might be the right choice but they pick based on personality, not on skill. And it's like they pull off Colin because he's going to tolerate it the best. Like, is he actually the correct one to pull off? Because I, again, think it's Zorro because he has, from everything I've seen, remained terrible, a terrible goalie. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I thought they pulled off Colin because, and, and this goes back to Colin's strong, capable man thing and what we saw him do in past seasons. He is... Very much, you know, a competent Premier League athlete, but he's not necessarily the best amongst the team. And so I thought they pulled him back because they felt like they could expend Colin. Um, but but I do agree with you on the Jamie and Danny thing. I think they made that decision based on who would react best. Um, and we don't see them consider, like, actual skill and, and gameplay. Not that yeah. there's anything wrong with that. Like, from my perspective, I think it's, I assumed that they were thinking about team cohesion. I, yes and no, because, like, the thing is with team sports, at a certain point, you just got to get over it. Like, and I and I understand it, but, like, if, if like, Jamie would have made a truly excellent midfield, like, if he would have done better in the midfield, um, like, then that's where he should be. 
Like, and there's, I understand there's, like, a pride in playing, but, like, in playing up front, playing in the striker position, but, like, center field, there you go. But, like, it doesn't, do, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's. Oh, no, I, I get it, yeah. And so, like, I, I kind of feel like they're setting up these little cracks, and I think, like, Colin is one of them. They're just going to assume that he's going to do what he always does, which is kind of roll with the punches. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if they give us enough to tell yet, but I would like to see some some things ruffle up and, and some of the dynamics um, get more interesting around that. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. All right. Also, Higgy Bottoms has diarrhea, and then Coach Beard does the greatest impression, I think. I've, it, like, it, it kind of takes everyone back a second, <laughs> and I really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> diarrhea. Um, <laughs> sorry, English people, British people, so, you're listening. I mean, that was, that was, like, perfect. Um, so, yeah. So, also, they need to figure out how to coach Zava. And they're all a bit nervous about it, and we find out that they all have a bit of a thing for Julie Andrews, right? Yeah, they do. <laughs> Roy says, the voice, the eyes, the way you know she'd tell you off if you've been bad, <laughs> which I agree with. Right? Yeah, they would. She's, like, uh, very, like, very, like, um, nice and welcoming, but also there's the sternness about her. And a voice of an angel. Voice of an angel. Yep. Thank God definitely. that voice came back from that uh, yeah, it did. throat issue that she had. So... Next, well, so actually, when I want to. This is another thing I want to head on. They say they need to fold Zava into the team. Yeah, we don't see them doing that. Absolutely, at all yes. This. Like this is another <laughs> thing that like, and we and I think we understand why, and we'll get to it. There's a specific scene that I really want to delve into, and I can't wait till we get to. So let's actually get there. So let's let's okay, 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 okay. Yeah, let's go. Totally, yeah. Because Ted, you felt for for a minute early on that Ted was like being a coach. And it was like, yeah, we need to – he was sticking to, like, what he has said before. We need to fold Zava into this team. And then they just proceed throughout the episode to not do that. <laughs> so, yes. Um, all right. So, next door in the locker room, the boys are admiring Zava's locker cubby – or, excuse me, cubbies, plural. Yeah, he's he has, got, like, a whole corner. He has four. <laughs> which is absurd. <laughs> which is crazy. Um, and they spell out his name. And they're all, like, fangirling out. Do you think, do you think, do you think, do you think Will did that? That's an interesting question. I, I I don't know. I I don't know. I feel like Zava maybe sent somebody in to do that for him or something. I think Will did it. Uh, I could see them doing it because they're all fangirls. They're all yeah, like yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna have to ponder that later. <laughs> um, ponder away. So we learn a bit much uh, about Danny. Uh, he says his love for Zava goes back so far that the first time he made love was to Zava Boots. <laughs> that's that's all. so. This also implies that Zava is old, like he's kind of a Roy Kent kind of guy. Like he's an older guy mm -hmm. in the in the sport. I think he's been around for a while. Yeah, and apparently this guy Zava, the character, is based on a real guy, uh, Zlatan Ibramovich. I think I'm saying that right. Um, who plays for Galaxy, and uh, he he's a member of the Swedish national team. So apparently, it's like not only do they look alike, but apparently their their style of play is very similar. Uh, and some of the things I that really we see, thought it was based on Pele, but okay. Well, you know, there's always those like uh, I mean, yeah, superstars, yeah, I think right? He's, yeah, I think he's supposed to be like, or like Lionel Messi or like you know those you know the guys that even Americans know. Yeah, there, there's like so many superstars that they're probably pulling, um, like making an amalgam of. But I think the closest one is is the uh, Zatlan. Abramovich guy. And there's even certain things that Z Zava does 
I'm just saying this on the internet. I don't know anything about soccer. But um, there's certain, like, poses that Zava does and certain, like, plays that he does. Like, you know, diving for the ball with his head and stuff like that that this guy apparently does. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And they look like spitting image. Um, I think both of them are attractive. Like, the real guy and this actor playing Zava. I mean, like, I mean athletes do tend to be attractive. Right? Soccer guys. Mm. All right. So... <laughs> So, and Isaac and the French guy, uh, Richard, Richard, are making a gay joke in front of Colin. Did you catch that? Like, the whole thing about Zava being sexy, and Richard is like, yeah, know, Yeah, and he's like, I'm gay for Zava. And gay then, like, for Zava, I like, yeah. And then I like how it kind of pauses. But I also like that it doesn't. So, like, this is, I mean, it's, it's, it's a touch homophobic, but I also kind of like how they kind of do make it kind of ended in a wholesome kind of way. Yeah, Where like, they, it wasn't, like, they were... It, it was, was only, like, 10%, like, problematic because I guess they're pointing out that it would be absurd for them as presumably straight men to to find Zava hot. But, you know, it's like that thing of where, like, somebody's so good at what they do that it's like, yeah, that that guy deserves, like, you know what I mean? Like, I would... I would I will, I will bust it down for that guy, yeah. Like, who was it? Who was it? It was, like, somebody, Idris Alba and Norm MacDonald. Who was the yes, first person? Yes, it was Sam. So Sam says, um, <laughs> Sam has a thing for, he said, Paul Newman. Like, there are these certain figures, you know, that are, like, so charismatic. And so he lists Paul Newman, Idris Elba, and Norm MacDonald, which I agree with all of those. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Um, no, it's, it's like, I mean, you're not wrong, but I kind of like, you've, you're right. Like, and then the, the entire team kind of agrees. And then like Colin to, I guess, defer suspicion kind of is like, that's right. You've convinced me. I'll go have sex with Zava. I'll go have sex with Zava. Now, I think that this was something very interesting when I watched it the second time. I was like, oh, were we supposed to think that Colin was already out at that moment? Like, were they trying to pull an okey doke on us? I think so. I don't think so. With the way that he says, like, okay, you guys have convinced me I'll have sex with Zava. I think you could read it both ways. You could read it like he's playing into the joke, or you could read it as, like, oh, maybe everybody knows that Colin's gay. So I don't think so, because I think if they said, hey, you know, that's a little gay, then, then somebody else, like, or Sam probably would have been like, hey, you can't, you can't say that, like, in a, that kind of way, because. Colin is here. Like I don't, I don't think. Yeah, I, he's definitely not out yet. No, he's not. We do find that out. Um, so Jamie Tart comes walking in to witness this this scene, and he for some reason has this style about him today that's very like androgynous '90s girl group. Like he looks like T. Boss. He does. TLC he does. His hair is just. It's giving. I mean, fits. He has the blonde. Way highlighted flop he I has the glasses like i can't i can't Oof. fucking deal with it i can't deal with it jamie tired jesus lord um so <laughs> no I, I don't mean that in a good way he's like killing me with his hair he's oh, killing I love me i love I the whole it. i hate like it's perfect don't get me wrong like it's absolutely perfect like for him as a character perfect oof magoof <laughs> Let like, me as a woman who enjoys looking at men, that is a rough look. It is ostentatious as a hairstyle, yes. But Jamie is, is an ostentatious person. But he let me is, just tell like you, again. if Jamie Tart showed up in front of me right now, I would try my hardest to ruin his life. I promise you. <clears throat> promise you. I would try my hardest to put the root on him. I really would. <laughs> Soul ties. Anyway, so <laughs> when he sees Zava's cubbies, 
his expression is all like, you know, like, what the fuck? Like, he's just not with it. So Yeah, Jamie is having a hard time. Yep. And I think that if you're just going based upon, like, logic and what this team, especially under Ted, has been about over the past two years, Jamie is right. Okay? So Jamie is right. <laughs> like, like as he points, as, as Beard has to admit later in the episode. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that was painful. That was so funny. <laughs> that was so funny. So out on the pitch, uh, everybody's waiting for Zava. They've been waiting forever. And things look a bit sketchy. And it turns out we learned from Higgins that Zava apparently signed his contract, You're Welcome. You're Welcome. Instead of signing his name. So maybe the first, I won't say red flag, but the first, like, pink flag. <laughs> oh, no, it's a full-blown red flag. <laughs> Um, Ted is worried that someone might have given him the wrong address and he might have ended up in Richmond, Virginia. Um, <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, and apparently is a reference to an interview that, um, or it might be a reference to an interview that Hannah Waddingham gave when she was trying out for the show, auditioning for the show. And she didn't know that it would be filmed in the UK. And so she was like, where is it going to be filmed at, you know, like in the U.S. or whatever? And um, there was some kind of joke about uh, she wouldn't have to come to Richmond, Virginia, that it would be like in Richmond, like down the street from where she lives, basically. Um, but anyway, Ted thinks that he might know what's going on with Zava. He basically says Zava's making a statement, just like when he waited three hours to see Public Enemy in 1998. And <laughs> this tickled me pink because I'm not convinced that Flavor Flav can tell time. Like, I've always wondered, are the clocks not... for function or are they ornamentation, period? Like, I try to look at him when I see, like, pictures of him. I try to look and see if the clock is set to the right time. <laughs> like, set to a certain time. <laughs> not that I'd be able to tell, but yeah. No, do you, did you know he's a musical genius? Like, he's a musical prodigy? Flavor Flav? Yes. I was not aware that he contribute, contributed to the music of Public Enemy very much. He's like a musical prodigy. He can play like a million instruments. Oh, he can play instruments. Okay. Yeah, like like and like apparently like he's one of those people that can just like pick up an instrument and be like, "This is how it works," and then start playing like very well. That's lovely. I love that. Yeah. Um, I'm a Chuck D girl. I did I love am... Flavor of Love though. I fucked with Flavor of Love. I did love Flavor of Love. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real honest with you. I'm not sure I know who a Public Enemy is. It's Chuck D and Flavor Flav and and. I forget the other guy's name. Uh, I mean, like, uh, I know that they are a person. Griff. And I, under- I roughly understand the reference, but remember, you, you've you you've seen where I grew up. Yeah, I know. But Griff is <laughs> problematic, though. He's I miss got a lot of I'm, problems. Yeah, I miss I miss a, I miss a lot of uh, early nineties. I understand, like, there's I, I have I have little to no knowledge of like early to like mid nineties rap. Oh, that's okay. Uh- <laughs> Are you just saying that you're like super white? Is that your point? I'm very, very white. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Okay. I, am I the whitest white person I know? No, I'm not, which is shocking. I believe that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so Rebecca decides to call it uh, and she goes inside and Leslie damage control Higgins has to control damage the Damage his DJ. Well, Shandy wants to do the damage control by running across the field topless. Shandy is a goddamn wild card. Wild card. <laughs> I kind of fucking love her. I love Shandy. She is like... I don't know what is going on in her head because she's legitimately smart person, but like, some there's some sort of screw loose in there, and I fucking love it. 
I just think Shandy is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, she is a force of nature. She's a ride or die bitch, and I love her. Um, I want her to grow into her full potential. I am yeah. slightly in love with her. I am I too. Want so more. I'm concerned. So I am concerned that she's going to be one of those people that, like, I hope Keely can just take enough, like, enough of that off so that she can be, um, the way she is in a professional sense, because like her interactions later, not to jump ahead, but like with Roy later in the episode are glorious oh fuck glorious. yeah like yeah she's like i don't know if she's the friend that you want necessarily because that was oh. kind of out of pocket too um no like when but she I asked roy it. like what's she why'd you break up with my friend like I she you definitely her. want somebody like that in your corner yeah. but she's you also need... too yeah. unpredictable to the point where it's just like i don't know if i can take you anywhere because you don't really know how to act with decorum Keely, yeah, well, I just, no, my favorite thing, the thing that sealed the deal for me was in that scene. And, and Keely goes, yeah, you know who Shandy is. And she goes, and Roy just goes, oh, yeah, the woman who eats her own hair. And she goes, yes, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, <laughs> that is a level of crazy you need to be careful about. It's nice hair. I like it. Oh, she has beautiful hair. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, she's really pretty to me. That lady. she's yeah, she's very very pretty. I like her a lot, but like the fact that she's ice cold, staring in his eyes, and being like, "Yes, I eat my own hair. What are you gonna do about it? Yeah. I'm not even gonna be embarrassed." That is a person you need to be afraid of. <laughs> uh, I agree. So once back yeah. in the uh, the clubhouse, all right, because mm-hmm. Rebecca has given up on Zava. She's gone back in. She's late. She has an appointment. And she's already over Zava's bullshit and his drama. But Keely... Oh, I love... I love... So, I love how... I wonder if this is going to be a statement on, on one of the episodes of how, like... Because she's... Because Keely, right. Keely goes on this thing about accommodating genius. Yes. And, like, Rebecca has no fucking time for it. Like, she's the only one. Everyone else is kind of kowtowing to this maniac. And also, don't get me started on fucking Daniel Day-Lewis. But, um... And method acting. Bullshit. Daniel, bullshit. look, they were correct about this. I want you to finish your point, but I'll just say this, since you've mentioned the man's name. Daniel yeah. Day-Lewis is the best actor living, certainly. Oh, I have seen every single 110%. movie that I can get my hands on. There's only like two or three that I haven't seen because I can't get them on streaming. Mm-hmm. I did a whole retrospective. He is my favorite actor. I think he's, I think he's glorious. I think he's wonderful. But I wonder if this is going to be a thing that, like, a thing, like, a, a topic they touch on is, is that genius is no excuse for being a shitty person. Um, and I really hope it is, because I love that. But I love the fact that Rebecca's the only one that's kind of like, are you fucking kidding me? And Jamie. And Jamie. Jamie is right. But Jamie, the, I think Rebecca's feelings are more pure. Of like, you got to be fucking serious. You can't be fucking serious. You can't treat people like this. And Jamie is like, there's that too a little bit because he's grown as a person. But it's also like he used to, there's there's jealousy mixed in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Whereas Rebecca is just pure. You got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah, she's not having it. No. Because um, Rebecca well, is a phenomenal woman with phenom. Her hair was next level this episode. Sorry. It was good this episode. I did. It was it. phenomenal. So it turns out that this whole time Zava has been where you'd least expect him. He's sitting at Rebecca's biscuit crumb covered desk. And Which, again, the nerve. I liked it. He was. I, I mean, Zava it's, it's hard. It's hard not to. You're not wrong. It's yeah. hard not to. So he's talking about 
how time and gender and some alphabets are constant. I love that. Only some of them. I think you said. Some, I think his specific words were some modern some alphabets. Alphabets, yeah. Yeah, like, I was which like, one? which? Yeah, I want to know. <laughs> which like, I legitimately want to know. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like uh, the Russian one, like Cyril- Cyril- Cyrillic, Cyrillic, however you say that. That shit's yeah. got to be. That's not right at all. Backwards R's. What's that about? Anyway, <laughs> I mean, well, it's what the Greeks. It's what uh, they they based it off of Greek. I still feel like it's wrong, dog. Like, no. But <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, You're like, I shan't. I don't. I don't. I won't. I won't deal with this. That weird looking P. No. No, thank you, sir. No, thank no, you. Thank you. Um, so when Rebecca shoes him out of her desk, uh, he marches right up to Ted and he tells him, my leader, I'm an empty vessel filled with gold. I am your rock. Mold me. <laughs> and he also kisses like he's on this charm offensive you know he kisses Keely's yeah hand. and they're all they're all kind of taken aback yeah which normally that hand kiss that he does for Keely, uh i normally find that such a weird thing for men to do i fucking hate shit like that. i kind of like it but for some reason it worked for him it worked for zava it does like there's clear like and the actor is doing an excellent job he's towing that like i, I mean this like he's towing that fine line between like i myself like I don't know about what about you like I am torn between being kind of caught up in his bullshit and like being like Rebecca like this is fucking bullshit okay and I kind of keep veering across that line so he is like towing that line quite well yeah I just want to I want to you know give the actor his due he's doing quite well the actor's doing great um I hope that he sticks around for a while I like the added dynamic of Zava um, I'm just gonna say I want to fuck Zava. Like I feel like Zava. Could He's fuck. very tall. I feel like he breaks it down. Um, I don't know. He might be too selfish. He might be a selfish lover. He's not. He's not because he's on all know. that like Zen shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but that's just that's like I don't think shit. it's I don't think it's real. I think it's like because that's what people do. Like, um, I don't think it's a real thing. I feel like Zava could like change your life, Loki. But um, but I, I also know. I'm very wary of him as well. So I, I'm with you on the whole like walk straddling the line. Like what what's up with you know what what's your deal, dude? And then he sweet talks Higgins, right? Higgy Marley. He comes up to him and he puts his head. He puts their foreheads together, and he yeah, does he some even more. gets Higgies. So what'd you say? I said he even gets the Higgies. Yeah, he does some more like spiritual shit about Higgins being the glue, which I agree with. He's not wrong. Yeah. He how did he pick that up so quickly? Like how did he He's know not that? like that's like that's the thing. He's not um I kinda fuck with Zava. <laughs> I don't know. It's very hard to say. I'm both it's... scared of him and also because you know, he's got this like cult leader shit going on where it's like he draws you in, but it's also wrong on levels, you know what I mean? Anyway. Um, it's wild. I yeah, I don't know. There's like a part of me that's like I just don't like like I said, like I'm I'm this you know, vacillating in between love. But like do I kinda like him? Do I wanna punch him in the face? What's happening? Yes. It, it's I think it's all of it. Uh and then <laughs> Zava goes marching off to meet the team, regardless of the fact that he doesn't know where the locker room is. I like the confidence in which he just goes off. Blind confidence. It is, there is a charm. It is charming. He is charming, yeah. And then um, Zava kind of starts a cult, right? Like, I love how they're picking up on all the, like, cult, messianic, Christ-like figure stuff throughout this episode. Well, that, that, um, 
That back tattoo is oof magoof. Yes. <laughs> it is. When when Jamie Clock said, I was like, oh, Jamie, you were right about him all along. Cause all he's, along. <laughs> he's nut job. There, there's, there's nut jobbery. There's some deep, deep-seated nut jobbery happening there. But they give us, I mean, they basically show us who he is all along. So when he first gets to the locker room, he does a cult leader speech, right? Where he, When he talks to the team and he basically anoints himself right it's the leader of all of these players and they eat it up most of them uh you know he's he usurps the position of their former leader of ted by standing in front of him i like that i like which i thought was so funny (laughs) and and ted just keeps like sliding out yeah like yeah i love the fact that ted clocked it and kept trying to slide out from behind zava (laughs) but um and I love the kind of little tension of it of, is Zava doing this on purpose? Or is he just oblivious and self-absorbed? You know what I mean? So I thought that was really funny. But even though Zava is starting his own little cult, you know, it's very Jonestown kind of in a way. Jamie Tart is not drinking the Kool-Aid, right? So Jamie's Tart, like, fuck that. Okay. Oh, I wanted to say something. So what did you want to say? Remember last episode? When I was like, it would be a flex for the writers to make Zava an angel. Uh-huh. You know, and I wondered if they would, like, psych us out about, like, the dynamic that he's going to bring to the team. Well, they kind of did that, like, literally, right? With all this, like, messianic, you know, God stuff that they're um, putting on him, that the way that they're presenting Zava. And uh, I didn't think they were going to do it in that way, but it's like, uh, I just found it kind of... Um, Interesting and unexpected. And even Danny in this scene calls him an angel. And Jan and Moss. Jan Moss. Yeah. Jan he's like, Moss, you're, you're downgrading him because he's clearly, he's a god. Which is weird because you know that Jan Moss doesn't do hyperbole. I mean, like I think he's, he's very literal. Very good at, he's very blunt. He's very good at soccer. Yeah. So they worship this guy. Um, You know, and Zava does the whole thing where like he dramatically... Uh, he says he wants to start with addressing the most important person in the room, who is the kit man. Yeah, that was a little much for me. Eh. I mean, well, because it became, because one, he calls out Jamie first, and it's like, Jamie's obviously not, I like, and he would know who Jamie is. He would know who Jamie is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's clearly fucking with Jamie. Yeah, like, the, like, it's one of those things, like, it's a little petty, it's a little... But see, you know? I will say, I will say this about Zava. I don't know if, because I think that like like every other character in Ted Lasso, he has his flaws, but I don't know if he's necessarily like this wholesale bad or evil character. Um, I think they very rarely do bad, like bad guys. Like um, Rupert obviously is a bad guy. Um, who was the, oh God, I'm forgetting, uh, Afuko? Um Oh, he, he was a bad guy, but they very rarely do like wholesale bad guys. They'll usually all of these play all of the team, all of the characters are characters that have you know these really great endearing uh, qualities, and then they also have their flaws. And so I kind of look at Zava throughout this whole thing of like somebody who he does have this genius, you know, this innate genius of being able to play soccer in the way that nobody else can. Um, and that his central kind of personal flaw is that he's an egomaniac. He has a messiah complex, you know, like he has an inflated sense of self-importance. Um, 
and plays into people thinking that he's like a god or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he necessarily is doing things in a super malicious way or if he's just doing what he's used to doing in a very unthinking way. Kind of the way that Jamie Tart used to do. I mean, Jamie Tart could be malicious. He could be. Yeah. I I don't know. Like again, that's what I'm saying. It's, but Jamie it's Tart was not wholesale bad. Do you know what I mean? Like no, he was still like, a good guy underneath there. We'll see. We'll like I think we'll see. I think the the key will be um. Uh, the key will be like, can Zava be actually fully incorporated into the team? Can he become a team team, an actual honest god team player? Mm. I think that's so interesting because they're not even trying to do that right now. <laughs> well, I think because Ted is kind of Ted is having a moment. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> moving on um, from Zava's introduction. So he goes into the Zava, the gaffer's office and he rearranges the uh, strategy board, placing one pin that represents him apart from all of the other ones. Uh, and you could see the, the management team be kind of worried about that. But they don't, you know, they don't do anything to correct it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. In the next scene, Rebecca goes to see a lady, Tish, Ugh. who is her mother's psychic. Ugh. <laughs> and the psychic tells her about Kintsugi. Am I saying that right? Kintsugi, yeah. Which is the Japanese art of mending broken things with gold to make it even more beautiful and stronger. Yeah, so this is frustrating to me because the bowl she brings out is garbage. It does not look like that in real life. It's generally done very delicately and very well. Um, and the the like, no offense to the props department, but you they did not mm, they did not do that good. It dr- drove me nuts. I like clocked that. I'm like, that's not what that looks like. <laughs> I don't know anything about Kintsugi. Uh, it's the name of a uh, very good Death Cab for Cutie album. Um, which I liked quite a lot. Are those things expensive? Yes, because the pottery itself tends to be old as well. Mm. Okay. Um. Right. So at this psychic session that Rebecca's mother has sent her to, which why is Rebecca appeasing her mother in this way? I think she's just humoring her. Why? I think that Rebecca has a curiosity too. I mean, to like, to be honest, yes. Like, if you ask me today, like, do you want to go see a psychic? I'd be like, yeah, I've never done it before. Let's go. Like, would I take anything they said seriously? Never. Right, yeah. But I'd, like, go. Yeah. So and maybe- I, think she's, I think she's making an attempt to connect to her mother now that her father is dead. And, like, you know, she only has one last surviving parent. So she's, like, trying to make this attempt. And so she's, like, humoring her mother. Like, I think it just means something to her mother. She doesn't want to alienate her mother. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's all of the above. She's curious. Yeah. You know, and she, her mother mentions th- mentioned this thing, and so she is looking for a way to um, maybe have something in common with her mom. Uh, so this lady mentions a couple of things. Uh, she tells her about a vision that she sees, um, and she lists a couple of things. So she lists a green matchbook, a shite in knighting armor, or a knight in shining armor, I assume, um, mm-hmm. Thunder and lightning and Rebecca being upside down and drenched, but she's safe. And finally, she mentions that 
as Rebecca's going out the door, she mentions that Rebecca is going to have a family. And Rebecca didn't like this one bit. She gets upset. She tells this lady, like, fuck you. And, and that saying oh, I loved that was it. cruel. I loved it. If, if, a good if bit this... of acting from Hannah Waddingham. Oh, it was great. She was yeah. livid. It was wonderful. I swear to God, if this this psychic turns out to be, I will be I will be furious and disappointed in the show. Um, I just think the whole ooh, are psychics real or not? Are they not? Like it's a thing that's been done, and I think it's bad writing, and I will die on this fucking hill. <laughs> I hate it. I think it's bullshit. Um, because in general, like you know maybe it's just my own belief bleeding into it too much but like there are a lot of psychics in the world and they take advantage of people like that's that's what they're doing psychics aren't real like they're just taking they're just taking advantage of people who want answers or are in pain and like money that we would better spend on going to a therapist and like i just i don't you know I understand it's, it's deemed as like, oh, this light, like, ooh, kind of thing in shows. But it's not. It's not in real life. It's not something that's funny. Um, or maybe I'm just a fucking stick in the mud. I don't know. Um, but it would drive me nuts if that turned out to be the case. Fucking I will, nuts. I will say this. Uh, definitely, if you're having trouble in your life, go to a therapist instead of a psychic. So 100% there. Um in terms of the plot and like writing of the show, I don't particularly care either way about this. I'm not into like psychic storylines. I don't care either way about this. Um, it would drive me nuts. The only thing that, the only reason that I would be okay with this is because Ted Lasso as a show is a silly, like unrealistic, hmm kind of weirdo show so if they wanted to put like a psychic you know there's something kind of there's something kind of uh less than reality and kind of mystical about the show anyway and silly so if they wanted to put this in there fine um but i also think that maybe they're kind of pulling a okie doke on this and that it'll all be a matter of interpretation right like i don't know if if at the end of the day the psychic stuff will be a literal thing about the psychic being correct or if it'll be that the psychic got into Rebecca's psyche so much that she's drawing connections and inferences. And she knows, yeah, and she knows so much about her because I'm willing to bet that her mom talks about her constantly. Like, no, well, the psychic said that. Yeah. But what I mean, like, specifically is, is it that the psychic is right or is it that the power of suggestion it, it's it's like the Streisand effect when somebody uh, points something uh, out to you and and now you think now you see shit that you didn't see and all that you know what i mean yeah yeah i just I, like there's just a part of me that just uh i hate it i hate it so much i'm trying to trust the show i'm trying to but trust them. by the way did I tell you, speaking of, of Rebecca, mm-hmm. I uh, had on Friday night Jenny's ice cream and they were doing a promo- Ted Lasso promotion. It was Biscuits with the Boss. Did you get some? I did. Of course I did. You think I was fucking going to miss out good? on that bullshit? Yeah, it was actually really good. Oh, nice. I couldn't finish it all, but I deeply enjoyed it. I don't fuck with Jenny's. I feel like I have to leave it sitting out too long and I get impatient because Jenny's kind of freezes hard. So I, I it was actually at the store. Okay. So like it was it was because uh, you're not wrong. Um, well, I have to go to a different state to get Jenny's. I think. I mean, you could go to Pennsylvania. It's not like, too far. Oh, I gotta go to Virginia. It's not too far away. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, you should always come to Pennsylvania. We have good food. We actually had truly excellent Thai food. Um, like hole in the wall place off a of chestnut in Philadelphia. Okay. All right, everybody in Philadelphia that knows where Chestnut Street is, go go get Thai food. Um. There's a place called JJ's. Yeah, this place called JJ's Thai. It's it's it was shockingly good. It's Thai French. So if you're not a fan of Thai food, but you do like French food, go for it. That sounds like colonialism to me. Anyway, I mean yes, <laughs> I mean yes, you're not wrong, but that was messing with you. I like Thai All right. food. <laughs> All right, so back to our Zava issue. Jamie Tart goes in to talk to Ted about Zava, okay? Trying mm-hmm. his best, Jamie Tart. And he thinks that players like Zava are just self-absorbed glory hunters, he says. And the only thing that they care about is themselves, which he would know, all right? Um, he would know. Beard finds that ironic coming from Jamie. But, you know, my, my little JT, he's basically like, we don't need this guy. Like, he's going to fuck up our good thing, right? Yeah. And Ted wants to give it a shot for a game or two. Uh, So what do you think about this scene? So I actually don't think this is anything is wrong here because I think Ted is correct. Like, and this is also before Ted, like this is right before disaster strikes. Um, Hmm. And so like, I think Ted is like, I think if, if, if things had not gone the way they go later in the episode, he would have, because I think he's just letting it happen because he's he he's having a hard time, so it's very hard to say. Like because I think he would see how right Jamie is, but you know he does he does want to win. He does want to do this. Like he wants to win the whole fucking thing for Rebecca, and so he's like, let's see where it is. But I think he would have been a more active like let's fold him into the team. Let's fold him in, and he would have like started to work his Ted charms on Zava, because no one can withstand um the the charm of Ted Lasso. I agree um, with that. Had it not been for him being thrown later. into the Mis- Michelle shit, oof, he would have. He would have. Um, at yeah, some point, I, I think he would have seen the yeah, yeah, and uh, seen the wisdom of Jamie's words, and probably there would be a scene. That, and it wouldn't shock me if there's a scene later in the in the series where he kind of when he's talking to Jamie of like, yeah, you were right. Um, I think that Ted's gonna. Ha- I think that everybody's gonna have to deal with Zava. On well, a I like level. so one of, one of the things that um, I think you're right. One of the things is I like about it is is that um, Roy in this scene, Roy is the only one that actually listens to Jamie. Mm-hmm. Roy is, I think, actually clocking this situation. Now he's he is clocking it as I think being unique to Jamie, but he is actually I think listening and taking in what Jamie is saying. Yeah, Roy fucks with Jamie throughout this whole episode. He's kind of crushing it. Yeah. We did skip the team with Keely and Shandy and the heat eating hair scene. Oh, we already talked about it. That's why I skipped it. Okay. But I just want to bring it up again. Shandy <laughs> is fucking wild. <laughs> um, so about this this scene with, with Jamie trying to talk sense into, into uh, the manager's team. Um, like, so, okay. So I don't think it's talking sense. I think both of them have a point here. But we'll get there. Yeah, Ted, I think, makes actually the right call, which is we're going to utilize Zava's skill. Like, but, and he's also clearly very determined to, to fold him into the team. To fold, to bring him into the fold, right? And he does mm-hmm. get distracted. So I agree with that. Yeah. But I, I also, I felt for Jamie here and throughout the whole episode. 
I clearly think that he's on to something. I love the fact that he pointed out to Beard that he wasn't being ironic, as Beard said, that he was being hypocritical. Okay. And then Beard is like <laughs> shrieking. He was like, like he didn't know. And like Beard is like, Ted's like, is that right? And Beard's like, yes. <laughs> like it pained him to admit. Yeah. Jamie Tart outsmarted. Like, Jamie Tart has been reading books or something because he's been smart Jamie throughout has, this whole episode. Jamie has collected his three three brain cells he Hell has yeah. and has got them to finally speak to each other. They are firing together, okay? Yeah, finally for once in his life. <laughs> so, and interestingly, Beard and Ted are being hypocritical too because in the next scene, we see them devise a strategy where it's all about giving the ball to Zava, Right? But they never let Jamie Tart get away with this type of thing in the earlier seasons, right? No, you're right. They would no, never let high. him get away with this type of behavior. So what happened to there's no I in team? I think you're right. But like, I will return to the fact that I think this is part of a broader plan to bring, like, let Zava showboat for a game or two, right? And then kind of work the Ted Lasso charm. Or six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, but, I agree yeah, with like you. that's the it thing. It started it's out like, as a game or two, but it becomes six because they're on a run. They're on a streak, baby. Well, they're on and a streak, Ted and I think Ted is it. distracted. Yeah, poor Ted. Oof, we know oof. how Ted is when he's going through it. Okay, Ted. Ted has right. a problem with alcohol. Ted is up in his room listening to SZA, three drinking shots of whiskey. whiskey. Ooh, three shots of whiskey. Wearing gray sweats. Being yeah, he is. Wet hair. from a shower and or sweaty. I don't, I'm not sure which one. I'm not sure what's going on. His hair is getting all emo. Yeah. All right, we know how Ted is. The only saving grace we have is Dr. Sharon, <laughs> oh, Sharon <laughs> to prevent expression. him from sliding into season one Ted Lasso, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, okay. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to, like, I my notes were, like, Roy is the only one listening to him. Um, and then, like, it cuts. I just wanted to mention I, what I think will end up being my favorite moment of the episode is the two announcers as they're getting ready to go on the field. Like, everyone is here. And, like, to see Zava. And the, the black announcer, whose name I forget, tra- sorry, guys, is they Nobody say Nobody knows their name. He goes, well, I think they're actual soccer announcers. Okay, but, um, I don't know their names. <laughs> I don't know their names either. But I like that, like, I love the scene between them. It might, it, I think it's legitimately my most favorite one of the episode. Because he, like, the white one makes an, a, a statement. And then the black one responds of, like Pele, if every letter was different. Yeah. And it's just like, what? I did like that. Like, like and, the, and the guy looks back at him like, what? But, but like, low-key, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. If every yeah. letter it's like, was different, like that. just like that. Like, it's so fucking, like, and they've been giving that guy, the black guy, like, more and more absurd lines. And, like, I, like... And he's kind of low-key becoming one of my favorite characters because you're like, what bonkers, entirely off-the-wall thing is he going to say what next? What is in your brain? <laughs> yeah. Like, and I like how, like, the one guy is just trying to be, like, a, like, kind of, like, a charismatic kind of, you know, like, soccer announcer, right? And, like, this guy is just, like, I don't know where your brain is. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is happening in your head? Because clearly you live in some sort of different universe um internet people that are good with like editing and shit do a super cut of all the stupid shit that guy says it's not stupid it's genius like glorious yeah i don't mean stupid bad i mean like stupid funny 
Um, do a super cut, please, if you hear yeah, this. All right, so <laughs> it's fucking wild because he is great. He's, he's really yeah, great. he is like again, like he is like sneak attack. Like that is just like it's not wrong. It is stupid. It is insane, and it's like I don't. It's like I don't. I don't know where to go. <laughs> I just loved it so much. I couldn't yeah. let it pass. R.I.P. Pele, by the way. Yeah. Um, and Maradona, he died recently. Mm, didn't know that. Uh, okay, so now we get into the sports ball part of the episode. So the coaches are briefing the team on the four-five-one formation. Mm-hmm. All right, get information. All right, and which is meant to get <sighs> Zava the ball. And the team is going to set him up, as Ted says, and Zava's going to knock him down. And Colin has been benched, all right? But he's all right. Colin, he's a strong, capable man. Yeah, Isaac checks in on him. I love that. That's a good That's a good coach moment right there. Between, or a good, uh, good um, captain moment between Colin and Isaac. Yes, I agree. Isaac is clutch. Let me tell you, Isaac is so astute with observing other people's like emotional states yeah right whether it's kinesics or checking in on colin like i, I love this isaac he's a strong capable man yeah who apparently really likes moi moi uh oh isaac loves moi moi yeah that was that was that was another one of my favorite ones he was very intense i'm serious <laughs> i like it came off as vaguely threatening <laughs> i really like that um i love that moment too for many different reasons yeah all right, and so, and I wish that Colin could share some of his strong, capable manness with Ted, because Ted suffers a real blow next. Oof, so, oof, this is hard. Yeah, so he realizes that he forgot his phone at home, and he wants to check in on Henry, who has a big soccer game uh, today. So he calls Michelle's landline, because uh, he couldn't remember her cell, which is, you know, growth in a way. It is. He calls the landline. And I, I like. I like that Beard is is like counseling him through it. Like it's nothing. Like it's just a thing. It's just, it's a, just thing. a thing. Just a thing. Um. However, before we get into this, I want to point out that their kitchen is not a Kansas uh, kitchen. Whose kitchen? Michelle's. Michelle's. The kitchen we see is a California kitchen. That is not a kitchen you would see in America's heartland of Kansas. Yeah, but you know, Ted be making that shmoney, right? So yeah, like, but that's not. That's and we don't not the know what Michelle kitchen. comes you get, from. Like I maybe guess, she got money like, too. Maybe, but like, I don't think that's not a kitchen. You Michelle, would see. look, everything we know about Michelle is that Michelle is bougie as fuck. All right, she's got these high standards. Some would say unattainable standards. She doesn't um, have high. <laughs> don't. Listen. Some would say unrealistic standards. Some would say bullshit standards. So she doesn't have any st- and some would be me. But whatever it's not the standards. <laughs> I'm just saying she likes a nice kitchen. Probably. I don't really like that kitchen. I just think it looks like a ki- very much so a California kitchen. I didn't like, like the kitchen either. I thought it was too sterile. Yes. Uh, but, like, it's the type of kitchen you see in, like, fancy, like, it's just it's just not a Kansas City kitchen. You'd see, like, more of a farmhouse or, like, with shaker cabinets kind of. Listen, my parents are redoing their kitchen, and so I've had a lot of conversations about cabinets recently. Hmm. Um, and so that's, I think, why I clocked it. A lot of conversations about cabinets. Maybe I'll get you to come help me with my kitchen when, when I redo it. Um. Okay, so do you want to get into this Michelle bullshit? Let's get into it because I'm going to defend her once, and then um, uh, because I like it takes two to tango. However, what the fuck, Doctor Jacob? What the actual fuck? 
Yeah. Like, that is the most... I like that Sassy kind of calls it out as borderline unethical because technically it was later. It is unethical. Like, yeah. and I talked to my friend who is a psychologist and apparently it happens more than you think. I think it happens more than you think. I think it's, you know, it's right to happen. Unethical. Yeah. Because of the dynamic that's set up between yeah. psychologists and, and client. But that's why you have the ethical standards. Yeah. Because you need to protect against people falling... Um, I heard that. So I heard susceptible to like this kind, like this uh, the projection of emotional intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. I heard that. I heard that in um, like if you're a regular doctor, by which I mean like a like you know like if you want to see your internist, it's supposed to be like a year, year and a half. They they tell you, but like for like psychologists, it's supposed to be like if if that happens. Like, it's supposed to be, like, five to seven years so that you are a fundamentally, like, likely a different person since the last time. But even then, it's apparently, like, frowned upon. Um, uh, which yeah, I think so. Which, yeah, it should be. And two, doctor, like, okay, so this is the one tiny defense I'm going to put up on Michelle. I don't know. I don't know that she has the tools to withstand whatever, like... Like if he started to come on to her, if he, intima- I'm trying. Sorry, because I'm, I'm like sorry. the actress. Go ahead, I'm sorry. But like you know what I mean. Like what what would you do if someone who had been very emotionally intimate with, and then they kind of start to hit on you? Like it's someone you're already very comfortable with. Like I don't know that even if I knew, like if there was a part of me that knew that it was a bad idea and it shouldn't happen, that I would legitimately be able to like. It was someone that I trusted, someone that I trust closely in a in a very different, like in a different scenario, but someone that I knew that could be trustworthy and someone that already knew a lot of my problems. Like that, like that, like I'm not saying it's not, it's not her fault as well, but like, are you fucking kidding me, Dr. Jacob? Like you should be disbarred. They should pull your fucking license, not disbarred. I don't know what it's called when they pull the license of a doctor. They have their license revoked. Yeah, there you go. His Um, license should be revoked. mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a medical board. So I will just say this. Um, At no point am I looking to excuse Michelle's behavior as if she is a victim of her own life or, or actions that she's taken. Like, I think that's really interesting. Um, what would I do? I'm going to be honest. If I was into the person, maybe I'd consider it. Maybe I'd do some shit. I don't know. But I think that at the end of the day, I'd probably be very suspicious of the person. So suspicious to the point where I would no longer find them attractive if they tried to hit on me. You know, because I'm paranoid. But I mean, like, <laughs> I'm I like what you trying to do? Too. There's a part of me. There's yeah. There's a part of me that thinks that, like, because I find it so repulsive and unet and unethical that, like, there's a part of me that if they tried that, I think I would be turned off. Repulsed. Yeah. Yeah, I would be legitimately like it. It didn't matter how hot they fucking were. That would be the end. So um, I gotta say, with the whole Michelle thing. I'm not going to mm-hmm. paint her as a victim in her own life. I'm not going to do it. She I don't is think she's a man. victim here. Yeah, I don't so think. So I, I don't really look at her. We don't have any evidence from the show to believe that he hit on her. It, it could have been a You're mutual right. thing. It could have been that she went for him. Like, we don't know. Um, but, like, there's a part of her that was, like, 
there there is a part of her that was like this is someone i went to marriage counseling with and i'm now with like i just can't there's no how can you co-parent with a someone someone like that the thing that bothered me about this one was that obviously dr jacob is unethical he also has a shit sense of humor doing that Trump impression, which was not oh. funny and was oh. also not good in terms of being skilled as an impressionist. No. I also like that Ted was like, well, Mr. President, I have a bone to pick I with you. I have a bone to pick with you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you do, Ted. You tell him. A little oakley dokely Ted. Like, hell yeah. Hell so, yeah. <laughs> like Ned Flanders. Yeah. Bring it on. Um, go, Ted. Yeah. So I thought that, one, I think Dr. Jacob is corny. I don't like Dr. Jacob, like whatever Dr. Jacob. Two, he's obviously unethical. Maybe he's some kind of predator. We're not, I'm not sure of that. The show doesn't tell us that. Three, Michelle is obviously down with this whole situation. So I'm not excusing anything Michelle does. Four, I think the show has given us ample hints, at least hints, if not just full out examples uh, of why we should not trust Michelle. I well, like the big one to me here in the scene that's not really talked about is is that she is bringing a man around his son, and didn't that tell him. he doesn't know that like they clearly like they clearly like they might have had the talk of that they're that that she is dating someone, yep. but absolutely it clearly hasn't like not like if I if I had a child and like we you know I'd gotten divorced from my from my partner and I call their house and another woman answers the phone and it's not a voice I recognize. And then I find out, Oh, you're dating. I'd be like, you're bringing like, like, I'm sorry. Like, this is one of the things where like, I don't like, you can't introduce a stranger to my child. Like, and they had obviously been very comfortable. Like Henry had already been getting gifts from Jake. He was comfortable around Jake. They had been doing this for a while. And so that bothers me too. Even if, you know, you're doing this weird thing where you're hooking up with your ex marriage counselor. That's weird. All right. Not even speaking to like the ethics. It's just weird on on Michelle's end. It's weird. And it's kind of wrong and and a betrayal. But even if you're doing that, how did you not tell your ex husband that you're thinking about doing like if, if, if I found myself in that situation, I would call my ex husband. I would be like, Hey, so I want to tell you about something you know, it's crazy to me too, right? I didn't expect this to happen, but I want you to know. I might explore this. What are your feelings about this? How are you? How do you feel about having Henry around? You know this. this well, like guy. I don't know like, that I would do that if I didn't have a child, but if I had a child, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I if I were a Michelle, I would give Ted's a he- a heads up to even thinking well, like, about going down that line. He should he she should give him a heads up on the bear on just the, like on the root of. I am I am dating again. I'm not saying he necessarily needs a heads up on I am dating again, but he needs a heads up on I am thinking of introducing. Sorry if you can hear my dog in the background. Um, I am thinking of introducing my my the person I am dating to our son because yes. that's important. That like, is Im- that's important because you need to general. like that's important and you need to have like a co-parenting talk about okay well like what role are you going to fill in my son's life like you're not going to be a parent like like all three of you need to come together and like devise a parenting strategy i agree with that i think that's generally true no matter who the third person is no matter who the new man is but in this situation i would add 
there is a betrayal element. Not only oh, because horrifying. we're th- we're thinking yeah. about it in the frame of Dr. Jacob was Michelle's therapist, and so there are ethical implications there, and that squick us, squicks us out. But there is also an element of confidentiality and obligation and professional responsibility towards Ted, from Dr. Jacob to Ted. Dr. Jacob owes a responsibility to Ted. So oh, does yeah. Michelle, obviously, as his ex-wife. But in this situation, Ted is doubly betrayed by his therapist stealing his wife. Or not stealing I, his wife, but, but ending like, up dating. with his wife. Yeah. You know, and so this is just fucked all around. It's horrifying. Yeah. It's horrifying. And again, it, like, like, made my stomach hurt it, the second yeah, time it, I watched it. It, like, I, I, like, like, I, like, I understood that, I understood why Ted had such a hard time trying, like, if, if this had come out before he had met Dr. Sharon, I don't, like, there'd been nothing he could have done to, like, like, there'd been nothing she could have done to ever get him to trust her. Oh, he would have been in a very bad place without having Dr. Sharon to talk through this with. Yeah. I I do I do love I do love the preview of Doc Sharon. Uh, I need more of her in my life. Yeah, because um, I love that, you know, because um, she's she's great at her job. But yeah, this was horrifying. Yeah, this is like, like and like listen, like yes, there's betray- but like, he, Doctor Jacob is such a fucking garbage person because like you're right it's like let's say like yes there's the betrayal here of like this is someone you both told your secrets to but like dr jacob knows the ethical like like we're seeing both two like ethical concerns here one you're dating a former patient and two that former patient is someone you counseled like like so now you are and you're trying to co-parent the son of someone whose relationship you tried to save like ostensibly um and you're oh now dating you're dating the ex-wife of your former patient yes yeah like you're not only you're dating the your former uh, you're not only are you dating a former patient but you're dating the ex-wife of your former patient that's right um like that's like i can't i can't i can't like i understood like i understood i under yeah i understood why like in the next scene when we get onto the field ted starts to have a panic attack and it's kind of Knocked out of it, I guess. Like the 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 train kind of gets derailed when Zava scores from from the mid midline. Yeah, but um, like, oh my, I can't. Like it made me yeah, right. Like it made me almost physically ill. So poor Ted. Um, and I will <sighs> oh just say god. this. Oh my god. I have never fucked with Michelle. I know that some people are very much like, oh, I, I really liked how the show you didn't mean, demonize her. You mean me? It was I, me. You include it when I say some people, but other people too. I'm not just talking about you. Mm-hmm. But, and I agree with that. I, I like, in general, I like it when shows don't necessarily take the tact of demonizing people and having a little bit more nuance. So I, I agree with that. But with this particular show, I have always picked up on Michelle being problematic. And that's why I've always kind of taken the joke of like, I don't fuck with Michelle. I don't need Michelle. I've always picked up on little hints. And I will say that, like, the only way I think that you can really hold on to the idea of Michelle being completely unproblematic is if you think that Ted is an unreliable narrator. Because Ted had said, they made me feel uncomfortable during therapy. I felt attacked during therapy. 
Like Ted had said that that he was he, he had a hard traumatic time during therapy. So I think that they're kind of paying. Uh, it's like pay dirt for for what they set up before now. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that she wasn't entirely un, um problematic, but um. No, it, it's not. This is not specifically about. It's yeah. not about you. This is about other stuff that I've read. Um, all right. So yeah, that was terrible. We all agree that's terrible. So back out on the pitch, we see the classic signs of, of Ted having a panic attack. His hands start sweating. He starts twitching. That high pitch sound comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, he's freaking out. And then <laughs> Zava tells Jamie. <laughs> Get open. I'll find you <laughs> out on the field. Which he doesn't do. He immediately scores a goal from the halfway line. Which it's like, Zava, you fucking dick. Why would you? You could have said nothing. Why did you do that? Um, so that was terrible. And I don't know why Zava's picking on Jamie so much. I think because, like I said, Zava is an ego- egomaniac. He has a messiah complex. Mm-hmm. And he's maybe threatened by the idea of Jamie Tart. You know, threatened by the idea that there would be another hotshot, right? Uh, and even though Danny Rojas is a hotshot too, Danny Rojas is like following him. Like Danny Rojas is a uh, disciple. Danny Rojas, yeah, Danny, poor, poor Danny. Yeah, so Danny not, is Danny is wild this episode. He's not threatened by Danny, but he's threatened by you know Jamie. So then they do this great sports. Well, Jamie montage. is younger than him. They're all yeah. I think like Zaw was supposed to be in his like late thirties or forties. I think he's been around for a while. Yeah. Um, so they do this great sports montage where Richmond goes from number 17 ranked to number nine. And Zava is killing it. He's carrying the team on his back. He's walking on water at the same time. He's doing bicycle kicks and shit. And, Scorpion um, kicks. <laughs> and um, they steadily move up the rankings. So they go from number nine to number seven, then to number five. And we get shots of Ted and Nate interspersed during this montage. Ted is drinking and doom scrolling on Dr. Jacob's social media. Uh, Dr. Jacob. Uh, yeah, poor Ted. Uh, Nate is scrolling on an article about Richmond doing well. And they both look absolutely miserable. Continuing the montage, in the next game, our thick-thighed nightmare, Jamie Tart. He's going for his first goal of the season. I mean, they're like several games in. This is going to be his first goal because of the way that Zava is dominating. And Zava comes in and steals it from Jamie. Yeah, that was, I like that, I like that um, Roy catches that. Like, why would you do that? Zava. Like, how many, he's had like dozens of goals, (laughs) you know, throughout the season so far. And Jamie's trying to get his very first one and... He steals it from him. Like, that's so weird. Like, Zava, why are you doing that? I still want to hump you, but that wasn't nice. Um, and a lot of other things happen during this montage. So I'll just run through them. Rebecca has her little matchbook thing. We can tell the psychic has gotten into her psyche a little bit. And she's lighting a candle in her house. And she's looking for a green matchbook, which she, which she can't find. Roy has this moment where he's looking forlorn at Keeley as she passes mm. by in the hallway over at the Richmond Club. Uh, Colin is seen thirsting after his bae who is out of town. 
And Ted has a virtual therapy session with Dr. Sharon. And we get, this is when we get confirmation that uh, Dr. Jacob was in fact, he and Michelle's couples therapist. And uh, on Soccer Saturday, right, we see George and the rest of the guys on that show. And George stokes a little bit of rivalry between Richmond and West Ham mm. by saying that Nate is a tactician. Well, she's not wrong. Essentially got lucky since Rebecca recruited Zava. Um, but their success is not based on Ted's coaching. It's based upon, you know, Zava's skill. Um, and so, yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I hate George. I will, I will always hate George. Um, <laughs> but I think that he's right about this. We obviously see that West Ham is doing well this season. Mm-hmm. They're in the number two spot. I think we see that at some point. They're going to have the Richmond is going to have to face West Ham next. And for Nate to be a first time around head coach and coaching a team that well, that's pretty impressive. And we already know that Nate is great on strategy. So Nate's killing it. Um, And obviously Ted, Ted's barely in the game, to be honest. Ted is who knows where his mind is. Um, But Zava is basically being a coach player, you know, a a player coach to these uh, to the Richmond team. So where do you think this goes? Where do you think this goes? Well, there's also goes? a brief thing of uh, Rupert not being happy, and I loved it. Fuck Rupert, yes. <laughs> I know, fuck him. Just suck, fuck him Suck hard. an egg, Rupert. So I think this is going to be a problem kind of going forward. So I think that's kind of, I think this is where we're going to see some of the, like, I think this is what's going to happen is, you know, we'll see... Um, Maybe they'll win either the first episode, like the first match against West Ham with Zava. Something will happen. Either, I think one of the big things this season will be can Ted reform Zava and bring him to the Ted Lasso way of doing things? Or is Zava just too far gone? Um, I don't know yet. And then they'll have to face West Ham a second time without Zava. Um, I also think Nate I I, don't, I wonder if they're going to do a redemption art for, for Nate. I don't know. I don't know. There's a I lot think of like, they will. like there's going to be. I think Zava's going to be the internal conflict for the team. Like, I think it's going to be Ted is going to have to get over the stuff with Michelle, and I don't mean that in a blithe way. I mean like he's going to have to heal, um, and you know put in the work kind of thing. Um, and then. They'll come like up, like there'll be some sort of conflict internally with the team with either Zava will get on board and be a team player or he won't and he'll leave the team. And then the external conflict will come from West Ham. And then there will also be something that happens with, um, like there's a part of me that wants it to be like great where like, like Nate finally sees the light. And quits and becomes, you know, they, with Nate, they finally beat West Ham. Rupert's team. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a part of me that wants that. I don't know if it's going to be that neat. Maybe they, maybe those are the two final teams. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Is, is, is like the, you know, cause I think there's a, there's either like, that's what we're going to see is, are we going to see. Like a redemption art for Nate, or we're we just going to see him fall further. I basically I agree with everything that you said. I do think that at some point Zava will get taken off the board, 
Uh, I'm well, not I, sure why, but I think that. Well, I think he's going to yeah. do like what he did to Jamie. That's what I think is going to happen. Is is that like Ted will get his head back in the game, and then he's going to reassert his position as coach, which as is his right. Um, and Zava's going to buckle against it, and he's going to do what he did to Jamie, which is bench him. And I think that's going to lead to something. Either Zava, like, pulling his head out of his ass and realizing he is a teen player. It wouldn't shock me if Jamie delivers a speech that Ted gave to him. The, you know, you're a one in a million talent, but on the field you're one of 11. Mm -hmm. And you need to remember that. I love that. Um, I suspect that's going to happen. We'll see. Um, I know we're, like, now. obviously we're doing our predictions now. But, like... That's kind of how I see things going. And I'm wondering if I'm wondering if they're I also think they're going to tackle uh, this one is the one that gives me the most trepidation, to be honest, is Colin. I think Colin is going to end up being like one of the first openly gay sports figures. Mm-hmm. And that is I worry with that one because that's not like like the way they dealt with the like the transition from um, Dubai air to like banter was a bit too easy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that was a bit too, you know, they lost a huge sponsor and then they just suddenly found another one. Like that was a bit too easy. The, like Colin and his sexuality is something that's going to have to be handled with extreme care. So do you. Did you bring up the sponsor thing because you think they're going to lose their sponsor or something like that? No, no, no. So do you remember, like, last season, one of the big things is that um, Sam spoke out against, I think it was Dubai Air. Oh, you're just saying the business of it. Yes. Okay, I got like, you. I'm just saying, and I'm, say- and, I'm saying, and I'm saying that, like, how they fixed that issue was very quick. Like, losing a sponsor, like, that is something that, like, would be very difficult and very hard for a team to overcome. And, like, Keely just pulls some genius thing and they, they get a new sponsor and the, and the show goes on. Yeah. And I thought that that was a touch lazy for them. With the Colin thing, you're saying that it's, it's going to be a kind of tight rip to walk in terms of what they yeah do. it can't it yeah. can't be it can't be just like that the team has his back and like yeah. everything is good and he like suddenly becomes like he makes soccer better like it can't because that's just that's just not how it works too easy that's just too easy like like them like having like a kumbaya moment about about cullen being gay like that's just not how the world works and i understand ted lasso lives in a kind of kinder gentler world than ours is where santa claus is likely real um but like that would be especially given kind of life right now would be a bit of a like it would just be hard and i think it would be cruel um Mm. in light of reality in light of reality Uh. like i understand like so like i'm concerned that's my only concern here you're concerned about how the show's going to play it, the whole coming out storyline? Yeah, because it has to be something is like a big deal that like Colin is taking a, like if it comes out, that Colin is taking a very big risk on. Yeah. Um, And that like it's something that he can improve, but it's not going to like fix the problem overnight. Yeah. I, uh, I see where you're coming from. I think that there's a couple ways they could handle it. I mean, one, I think it's pretty clear that they're going to do some type of coming out storyline with Colin. Um, 
which is not something that, like, that's not the type of story that that you see a lot of, uh, you know, gay or queer creatives telling these days. Um, so I think there's a risk in that. Mm-hmm. But those are still stories that need to be told, certainly. Well, especially, like, this is, I think, one of the, like, and I think that this, I've kind of talked about this, why it needs to be handled with the delicate, delicately is because, like, this is kind of, I don't want to say it's the final frontier of, like, coming out, but, like, like we've, we've, we've touched on before, there are not many, on, on, in men's athletics, there are not many people who are openly gay and in men's athletics, like, not yeah. just soccer, anywhere. Yeah, so, and I, I think that with anything, it's uh, it's a particularly taboo thing still in our society for men to be anywhere on the LGBTQ spectrum, uh, and I think that's unfair. But um, yeah. I think with Colin, they'll take it one or two ways. They will either do the big story where he becomes a global icon for coming out, whether he comes out voluntarily, whether he's forced out, I don't know. I don't think he'll be forced out. Well, but, um, I, I don't think it'll be forced out. At least, this is my prediction, not by Trent Krim. Not by Trent. Certainly not by Trent. No. I um, think I think, I think think he'll be sloppy with Michael and, and get found out someplace else. I don't know how it happened. But mm-hmm. I, I think that there's a possibility, possibility. Well, let me just say it this way. I would like it if they took either one of these two tacks, which is do the big global story where he's an icon for the community before the community uh, okay so or, before the community but maybe not accepted he'd be accepted by richmond but we can't like but yeah. it can't be he won't gain universal acceptance everywhere overnight because that's not what would happen yeah I, like, i'm not even too i mean obviously that's not what would happen that's not what that's not the world i mean and i don't think that the show is obtuse and and unaware enough of of the, the world that gay people actually live in, that they would present a Pollyanna story on this issue. I think that the, if they're choosing to take up this story, I think that they're going to do it in a way that has some impact um, and, and that is relatable to people and speaks to people. Uh, but what I was saying was that I would like it either if they did the big coming out story where he becomes an inspiration to, you know, young players that are coming behind him. He becomes an inspiration to the LGBT community and they do it on a big global scale. Or if they choose not to do it on a big global scale, maybe it's just a smaller coming out story where he comes out to his team players only or a certain number of his team players. And, and you know, and they I could see that him. working. Yeah, and so I, do it big or small, but I think that they're going to make a statement about how tough it is for male athletes in particular to tell that type of a truth. And I yeah. just, I, I, I want to see it. I want to see them do yeah, that. Yeah, because I, I, I'm just worried because, like, I think it's one of the things we've talked about. We've hinted at, like, like one of the reasons I think that, um, like, Ted's drinking, as, we, as, as, as we've seen so far, has not devolved into full-blown alcoholism, but he clearly has a bit of a problem with it. That is... It's a tough storyline. There's no option. Yeah. There's no other option for that other than to be dark. Like yeah. in this, it's that, that is not this type of show. No, but I think, you know, think about the focus that's on this show. They just went to the goddamn White House. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, 
they need to do this character. They need to tell this story. They always uh, have an obligation to Colin? tell Colin? Yeah, because they're doing a yes. show. It's not about sports, but it involves sports. And how and how influential and how it, and how sports is more than just the game. Exactly. And we know, at least there are rumored to be, a lot of closeted male athletes in particular. There are probably there closeted female athletes. And just in entertainment, period, when you have a public life, uh, entertainment, politics, whatever, you have a public life, um, there's too much scrutiny on people. And it's unfair. And there's also just plain homophobia. And so when you mix public scrutiny with homophobia, it, it's unfair to people. It robs them of their lives. It robs them of their true selves. Well, like, even if, even if like, look at how, like, staunch allies of any minority group, like, and they're not within the infa- affected group. Like, people will, like, ask them these, like, baiting, horrible questions, like, repeatedly. And it's like, look at it when you see someone who is technically, like, presents as heteronormative or like is white and takes a stand for for you know a minority group be it black lives matter be it you know whatever um and like you see them get these like horrible like like these baiting questions from the press or like have made repeated statements of support to certain groups and like they'll get these like mean questions occasionally from the press or like you'll see them get these like repeated questions of like why are you doing this like do you really believe like why do you make this blah 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 and it's like what do you mean why like they're trying to be damned by association so do you think that the team is going to go through that or what i don't know i'm just saying that like the pressure is immense i think that's the point i'm trying to make is is that like is is that the way this public like like you're saying like public scrutiny like it can even affect those who are not with who are like who are not the person who's actually in the minority or disaffected you know disadvantaged group yeah but that's the point of being an ally right you you disperse the uh the degree to which one person is a target yeah i know i know but i'm just saying like how vitriolic People can be. Yeah. I would like if they showed that. Yeah. Yeah. I would actually really, I think that would be very interesting. Um, because, like, I, I forget, like, I, I forget, I was watching something. I think it was, who was it? And it was just, like, like paparazzi was just, like, yelling at them about their stance on, like, LGBTQ people. And, and the person was like, I'm not answering this question anymore. Like, mm. there's no Pedro point. Pedro Pascal. Yeah, I think it was. Mm. Actually, yeah, he, yeah, it was. He has a trans sister. He does. Yeah. But, like, it, he constantly gets those questions again and again and again. It's, and it's they're, like, always, like, stupid. yelled at it. They are. But, like, you know, it's, it's, it vexes me, is my point. Yeah, I get you. I it get vexes you. me. So, I'm excited for them to take up, you know, this storyline. Um Yes. I think that with the attention that the show has, it's another area where they could do some good, right? In addition to talking about mental yes. health in general. Um, I, I, I commend them for taking it on. I think it's a courageous thing to do. Yeah, I just hope that they they don't... They I hope they handle it correctly. I think they will. I think they will too, but there's a part of me that... They're not going to do... This show isn't kumbaya for kumbaya's sake. They're, they're not going to do something Pollyanna. 
I know, I know. I, but I was just like that issue with, like, as I was saying, that issue with banter kind of like it can't be handled like that. This is this is involving a big social issue. The fact that they're even touching it means that they have something to say. And I want to hear what they have to say. Yeah. About it. Um, OK, so. Next, we're still in the sports montage <laughs> or coming to montage, the end of it. Montage, a montage. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure if that movie aged well, Team America. I feel like not. I feel like yeah, probably not. All right. So back to the show. Next, Richmond plays Man United. Man right? And Zava does another like cool bicycle kick and they win by three to two, which is an excellent game score for Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Jamie... and Zava scores a hat trick. So Zava scores all three goals. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Well, um, yeah, they mentioned a hat trick. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So Zava is being Zava. And Jamie, <laughs> this is the point at which he notices. Uh, Zava's God Complex tattoo on his back. Oh my God, that and was I, out of fucking control. It was a nice tattoo, but also I love that they were playing Jesus Christ Superstar. In the I music. love that too. <laughs> I like that they were being deeply unsubtle about that. <laughs> I, I just thought it was great. You know, they love musical theater. Um, and the last thing that we see in the montage is Richmond. They move up to number three. And it's right behind Manchester City. And West Ham. So yep. clearly, you know, the 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 um, competition with Nate, the head-on with Nate is coming. Yeppers. So I'm looking Yeppers. forward to that. Yeppers. And based upon the next episode's title and the preview shots and everything, that I think that's going to happen in, in episode four. Um, all right. So we're rounding out the end of the episode. To celebrate their winning streak, Sam invites everyone to his restaurant Ola's which is named after his dad I believe and from here on I'm, I'm just gonna toss out some names and talk about what they go through during this scene mm-hmm. so Colin okay so his man comes through to hang out yeah that's why I think their relationship might be a bit longer or they're you know a thing I mean? they're yeah. a thing you know at this point um it made me sad I think about as I've already mentioned to see him dap up his boyfriend, mm. call him his pal and wingman and have to pretend in this way. And of course, as you mentioned, Michael goes right along with it. Yeah. So he's clearly like, he, you know, do you know what I mean? Like he's clearly, he knows kind of the position. It was sad. Frankly. It was sad, but it's also like, understandable. Michael seemed like down with it. Like he, I think he understood exactly what was happening. Yeah. Understandable, but sad. Um, Okay, so we've already kind of talked about the Colin situation and coming mm-hmm. out and all that stuff that we think they're going to do. But yeah, I hated to see it. It did bum me out. Also, I hated to see Jamie struggling, you know, and Roy says, he used to be the best and now he's not. Mm-hmm. That happens. Now you're struggling just to keep up. Yep. Roy says that happens. Um, and Roy would know. Right, like Roy yeah, we we see him talk about it in one of the previous episodes. Yeah, Roy is very accustomed to that situation, uh, having to adjust to, to not being the best um, or being as good as you thought you were. And Jamie says to Roy, he he doesn't just want to keep up with Zava; he wants to be better than him. And Roy's going to train him. 
Uh, so what do you think about this? I love it. It makes me very happy. Um, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be a lot of, I'm going to get a lot of insane uh, Roy witticisms, and I'm going to like it a lot. Lots of yelling. I'm going to get a lot of yelling, a lot of Roy calling somebody a little bitch. Um, it's going to make me incredibly happy. <laughs> so I thought this was a fairly mature way for Jamie to handle what he's going through right now. Um, yes. Even if he's sulking over in a corner by himself, you know, like I, I think that deciding yeah. to do something proactive about it, like train, try to actually be better. Yeah. Don't just sulk. I do have notes. I do have notes on this scene, though, this the scene between them. I like mm -hmm. that um, Roy comes over and says it's not good not to smile. And and Roy and Jamie goes back with uh, like he's like, you frowned all the time. And Roy goes, no, I never smiled. That's different. I was like, okay, you maniacs. That is very... No, but it, Roy has a point there. <laughs> that is his default facial expression. And he's constantly scowling. He's he's just neglecting to smile. It's not a scowl. Yes. Yes. Oh, I think he's <laughs> scowling a little bit. <laughs> Two is Jamie's earring. Um, It's out Glorious. of fucking control. The whole pre-Madonna thing. Wonderful. I well, it is... It's funny. So, so this is my problem. It doesn't make much sense. We have seen Roy call Jamie a pre-Madonna many times. So he knows how to use the word. Wait, so we've seen Roy we call have seen Jamie pre-Madonna? Pre-Madonna. Pre we okay. have seen him use that phrase in Not relation to Madonna. Madonna. Yeah. Yes. Um, we have seen him use the, that term specifically to, to describe Jamie at least once, if oh. not a few times. So he knows the word and understands it. Oh, um, that's with a that little, said, um, it, it is a funny joke. That's a little, what do you call that? Um, where they mess up the... Uh, continuity. Continuity of the shit, thank you. Yeah. Yes. Um, I also love the whole thing of when does training start now? And he flings the meatball into the wall and then the waitress... Yeah, because Roy Kent is a drama queen, Loki. <laughs> yes, he is. He loves it. Yeah. And then the waitress comes by and is like, for real guys? And they're like, they're immediately like, yes, yes, we will clean that up. <laughs> Hell yeah, they're going to clean it up. Okay. Well, no, Jamie's going to clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah, I love the whole, the prima donna joke was hilarious to me because mm -hmm. I do track when people say it wrong. <laughs> and they don't, like, most people don't mean prior to Madonna, but they just, they say those you know things syllabically. They say it wrong, and I realized I realized it was something. I bet it was a, a a joke that came out of the writers' room when they kept saying the word prima donna. Yeah, and like it came out that way, and so they gave it to Roy because it was something they kind of realized that like that's how you kind of say it yeah. when you're saying it. Quickly. Well, it becomes like a phonetic satiation thing where it's like, yeah. am I saying prima donna or am I saying pre Madonna? <laughs> yeah funny um but i just also i loved in this moment this was another moment of jamie tart okay he's not only evolving emotionally uh but he's evolving his whole mentality baby's been reading books okay he knows words all right pre madonna which doesn't even make any fucking sense and then of course i, I don't know i thought i thought roy saved it pretty good no he didn't roy didn't no, say he anything didn't. shut up <laughs> shut up shut up you <laughs> i love that jamie like identified himself as, as a lover of tina turner and fucking stevie nicks like i loved it it was so good i was like yes of course he loves them of course jamie tart the dime diva loves tina and, and stevie i mean you know that 
Despite it making no sense, Jamie thinks the entire Rumors album is actually about him. He fucks with Rumors hardcore. <laughs> you know, he thinks it's all about him. Baby. You know, I could see like Jamie like jamming out to like Nutbush City Limits from Tina. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like never been to the South in a day in his life. But for some reason that speaks to his Manchester heart, baby. Like I could see that. Um, all right. So next we have the Rebecca and Sam moment. So Rebecca and Keely are both watching their exes pretty heavily at one point in the night. Like Rebecca glances at Sam talking to uh, Simi, the the new executive chef. Yeah, he's chatting um, her up. Keely is glancing at Roy. Then she glances at Jamie at one point, and she has the whole thing about you know what lies ahead of us is much better than what lies in our past and all that. Um, and Rebecca gets her green matchbook from Sam, uh, which I kind of felt felt was coming. Now let me say this: I wasn't. I don't know if it's just a Twitter thing or what, or if it's like a more generalized thing. I wasn't really super aware of how like invested people are into the whole like who does Rebecca end up with thing. Uh, this version of Endgame, the Ted Lasso Endgame. Um, I don't know that I care that much. I like her being a strong, yeah. independent woman. Hello, um, independent woman. But yeah, Keely Jones, independent woman. Um, Rebecca Wilson, independent, independent woman. woman. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I don't care. My primary concern is not hooking somebody up, but I do have yeah. another strong concern. What is your strong concern? Um, well, I've always been a, my my ship on this TV show is Rebecca and Sam. I just I, and there are two reasons for that. One, as I've always said, I think that they're hot. <laughs> Like, I want to see it. You're not wrong. I want to see more scenes. Give it to me. My eyeballs like it. Two, um, I want to... The writers have set up a storyline. It's a different storyline than I think other shows would take. And, like, like they zagged on them. They zagged when other shows would zig. I want to see them finish out their storyline. So, even if they don't end up together... Finish out the fucking storyline. I, I want to see what you guys are trying to say about this. And then three. Um, I had a third thing, but now I don't I've remember forgotten what, what it was. It anyway, uh, oh, I think I touched on on all of them. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. Like, I I agree with you. They need to finish it out. I think a little bit more because we see that Sam is moving on. Do we? I don't know. Like, it's implied. With Simi? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that we know who Simi is right now. Mm. Also, I will say this. For people that have always been... I I know that some of it is tongue-in-cheek. Like, I really do. But I do... I get confused. Like, I always make fun of myself that, like, my arguments are, like, bullshit. But they're really not. I think about my shit that I say. I just present it in a stupid way because I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. But I think it's weird when people are like, Rebecca shouldn't be with Sam because she's his boss, but she should be with Ted. But Ted is also her employee. And then, and then like, some of the same people will say, Sam should be with Simi because that's, you know, whatever. 
and that's better or whatever. But it's like, but Simi is his employee. So I, I just think that like the show doesn't care about that. Like this show is a scandalous right. ass show. I think that's. I think that's. <laughs> I think that's my. I mean, my main concern. This is show age. is like people fucking. What's up? You know. <laughs> yeah. My main concern is the age difference. Oh, I don't care about that. I do because, to be honest. Um, oh, that was actually my third thing. But finish. I mean, my thing is the age difference between the two of them. What is he going to do if he wants kids? Well, the psychic said. <laughs> Don't you fucking start with that goddamn psychic. I wish you could see me right now. <laughs> I know. I know. The psychic said that she's going to have kids. Anyway. <laughs> Which I don't think it's I don't I don't think that necessarily means biologically Loki. No, I, I heard whispers online. They think that uh, Sassy's gonna get killed and she will. Um, oh get Nora. fuck! Don't do that to Sassy. I know people online sassy. say anything, so let's you know whatever. I know that's the we're one online they, too. So well, like, like you could, yeah. We, I, we like that's that's what I done seen. We say um, shit too that doesn't make any sense. But um, this was my third thing about Rebecca and Sam. Before I forget again. Mm-hmm. I like it when shows, I like any love story that is unlikely. So I, I like the hurdles. I think there are stories there to be told, you know, like, um, I mean, as opposed to like the, uh, these people are, are, are so similar. It's so perfect. I, I, I find trouble finding the, the interesting story there. But I like the idea of like, these people are kind of, they're really disparate. They come from different places. They're kind of star-crossed. How do they come together? There's so many different storylines you could tell in that. And and that's kind of what I would like to see the writers do. But at the end of the day, it's like the fifth reason that I watched Ted Lasso. It's not a major I reason I watched yeah, Ted the, Lasso. Yeah, the romances are not why I watched Ted Lasso. Yeah. It's Roy Kent. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's Ted for me. It's Roy Kent. And forever. Jamie at this point. <laughs> it's Roy Kent forever, baby. I wish I could master the way he says no. Such definitiveness and purpose. Oh, Love Roy it. Kent. Yeah. Um. Anyway, where is I going with this? But yeah, like I, I do. I think you're right. There needs to be some sort of cap put onto their relationship because it was like, it's like what, like three episodes last season, and then it like ended, and it was like oh, and then like we don't see anything. Like we we kind of are getting hints at it here. So it needs to, I think you're right, it does need something. It needs some sort of send-off. Yeah, but I will say this. I still think, I think that the writers are going to stick to their guns on this. That's what my mm-hmm. heart of my heart is telling me. If they don't, I won't d- be disappointed. But I will also we'll say, see. just the same way that I thought that the psychic's vision is subject to interpretation, I think mm-hmm. that who Rebecca ends up with is also subject to interpretation or variation that that the audience may not be aware of and i think that sam's a possibility i think ted's a possibility i think ted's i think a big possibility some, yeah i know because you want you like rebecca and ted together right? i like them together because i think they um they're soulmates i think they fit together quite well they they're clearly they are clearly attuned in a way that the others are not like rebecca kind of notes like immediately like we see it again at the beginning of the season where he notes that um she notes immediately that he's off when he's off. Like, you know what I mean? And same with same with her. Yeah, they're they're there for the, each other in this very like lovely way. A, and a lovely I, I mean it doesn't necessarily way. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be romantical, 
But like, I mean, I could see it very easily transitioning into that. Yeah. Jason Sudeikis, in an interview, said that they're soulmates. And I agree with that. But I don't think that soulmates always have to be romantic. It doesn't necessarily have to be romantic. romantic. I also love, I also want, I also like that um, she is taller than him. And I want to see them be tall. Like, I want to see that. Okay. I like it. It pleases me. I fuck with that. Yeah. Um, I also think that there could be a third person, an unknown, hmm. out there. I don't know that they and, have enough time left for me that to could be find the them and to like them. That the the psychic, if you will, was referencing. Maybe, but I don't think there's I don't, enough. I don't Who think would it, it has be? to be. I don't think there's to... enough time. Well, I also th- I don't think there's enough time for um, just showing my bias. I don't think there's enough time for for Rebecca and Ted. I don't know because they haven't because given us anything romantic between. Rebecca I think you're and Ted. right. I think you're right, but like I think it's one of those things where, like I said, like they can they click so well that it's one of those things that can transition quite easily. At this point, maybe like, I'm wrong. At this point, let's just see what happens because I think we're never going to agree. We're we're never going to know until they show us, frankly, because I think that they've left doors open. Yeah. But um, I wouldn't hate. Like I wouldn't be upset about Rebecca and Ted. But I do kind of like them as like this kind of brother and sister. Like I think that they've both friends on each other. There's a there's a part of me that does love that. Yeah, I like it. Um, all right. So just a dumb thing about this restaurant scene <laughs> that I wanted to point out. Did you notice that Zava was wearing a T-shirt that says it was one of those like Zava gang- Zava Zava. <laughs> yeah, the gang gang T-shirts, and it's like Zava yeah. and Zava and Zava and Zava. <laughs> yeah. So I want that T-shirt. I'm gonna try to buy it. Let's see. All right. And then we get to the final thing that we see, which is Trent Krim. He leaves the restaurant. Wait, we have we see Beard and Ted talking, and Jane. Are you just trying to push Jane from your mind? I, I thought that we both agree that we don't want to talk about Jane. I hate her so much. <laughs> well, it hurt my heart because like it felt like Jane. Like I just like Beard and Ted are such good friends that Beard kind of failed him in this moment, um, by being more concerned with. Um, Jane and her madness, and like I think if I, it's this is another one of those I think important moments where like if if Beard had stayed engaged with Ted, it would you know like maybe healing could process like you know he could have helped him and process that those emotions. Yeah, I think he tries when he orders the triple whiskey. Um, but then Jane then comes and distracted. fucking ruins it. Because Jane is the worst. Yes. Um, I agree with that. I think that I want somebody to check in on Ted. And thank God he has Dr. Sharon. Yeah. But I, Ted is the strong friend, even though he's not. He's strong in a way, but he's also. He can't withstand what he's been going through these last few years. He really can't. It's very obvious that he's not equipped for that. And, and nobody would be. There's nothing. Uh, yeah, you shouldn't actually strive to be like the strong friend. You should strive to be a human being. So I, I just wish that somebody would check in on Ted. And Beard is trying his best, but Jane is a menace. You know, whatever. Jane is a, I, so, okay, 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 okay. So remind me of Jane being a menace because that's like a thing. Oh, I have a thing. I have a thought. Anyway, continue. Let's 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 continue, and then we'll get to the the, the predictions and okay. things. So Trent leaves the restaurant, 
And again, the music is hitting on this. They play Leonard Cohen's Everybody Knows, which you know speaks to what Trent just saw in terms of Colin kissing Michael in an alley. But it also primes the audience to think that, oh, no, Trent Crint's going to spill the beans. Trent Crint is not. He's not. He's not. But Trent, um, Trent would never do that. I love the way that they're using the music. I, I haven't. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, they did do that in previous seasons. But in this season, they're stepping it up to where they're using the music to further either the plot or emotions that are happening within the plot. Um, So I like that. Um, And that's it. I mean, that's the final scene, you know. Um, I did want to talk a little bit, though, about what what I think Trent will do. We, we just said that we don't think he's going to out Colin. I don't think, I don't think he would do that. Like, I truly don't think he would Trent's do that. Trent's a nice guy. Because I also think, well, we also, I also get a read from Trent that he might be queer as well. Yeah, I do. And so, um, I, I don't, don't think he has to be, but I, I think he might. I don't think he has to be. He might be bisexual. Maybe he's just like, Well, that's you so know? queer. I know, but I mean, like, maybe it's just like the occasional, like, he likes to, he, uh, he sleeps with the occasional straight. gentleman. Yeah. But I just think that Trent's such a nice guy. We saw him look out for Ted, despite what yeah. his profession would tell him and to I do. Think, and I think he knows what this would do to Colin. Yeah. Like, I don't like think Like, the, the havoc it could wreak. But I think, I, like, okay, sorry. So what do you think that Trent's going to do? I think that Trent is going to be involved in the Colin storyline for sure. Perhaps as a confidant. You know, like, I think I kind of think he's going to rock up and be like, you need to be a touch more discreet. I don't know. I kind of saw it as like a thing of like taking Colin under his wing or something. like. Well, I think like that, too. But I think one of the one of the warnings is going to be you need to be a bit more discreet with this. Like if I saw you, someone else will like you got lucky this time. Hmm. Maybe, 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 maybe because he's looking out for him. Mm hmm. But yeah, I think that Trent and Colin are going to bond. I'm very excited to see Over it. this. And I think that that will be a nice nod to the uh, LGBTQ community as well. Yes. Bonding out of necessity. Yes. <laughs> okay. So now we get to our segments, our superlatives. Yay. Round of applause, also, round I just want to see Trent and, and Colin talk to each other because I feel like that could be some some very funny conversations i want trent cram to be my best friend like where is he i do come over here i want to know how many pairs of how many different types of leopard print shoes he has because we've seen at least two different iterations of him how many leopard print. burgundy or mauve blazers does he have so many because he has like the full spectrum of that color blazer and he's crushing it though let's braid each other's hair trent oh anyway. my god i bet he would look great with braided hair Ugh. So, so beautiful all right so we start first with the moment that was life or your favorite moment <laughs> football is life no, 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 no. it's gonna be the pele comment that we touched on it earlier it's like pele but with all different letters yeah. it was so goddamn weird it was so fucking weird it was so weird i loved it so much uh for me it was the green matchbook um <sighs> yeah because i'm I, I like sam and rebecca together i want to see it uh, and then all the winning. I did like the winning. Okay. But well, I didn't actually like it that much because of Zava. Zava, feel, I feel like he like ruined it for me. No, I credit Zava, obviously, with the winning. I liked it. He brings something special to this team in that that special thing is fucking winning. 
Um, and even though he makes me uncomfortable, all right, I do think that Zava is just like all these other players, hopefully, and all these other characters where it's like they have an evil side and they also can be brought into the light. So I'm yeah. hoping for that. And then I also love the fav- the favorite actor bit because, you know, I love Daniel Day-Lewis. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> the next segment yeah. is Goldfish. Least the moment, moment that you would like to forget, your least favorite moment. You know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? No. It's got a 10-second memory. Be a goldfish, Sam. What was yours? Uh, it was the Dr. Jacob reveal. Okay, 100%. We are in a lot, because that was mine too. Yeah. That whole nonsense, I was like, like same, like I was like physically, like I was like upset in a way. I've not been upset with the television show in a long time. Yeah, it was bullshit. I didn't like it. It was, and I think we covered it a lot, but like it was absolute bullshit. Utter bullshit. We are 100% in agreement. Yep. Uh, our next segment is biscuits. Biscuits. Your favorite character. I brought you a little something. Oh, yeah. Cookies. <laughs> or as y'all call them here, biscuits, right? It's Shandi, because she's fucking chaos. I don't know what's happening with her. I love her, her interaction with Zava at the end, where she's like, hey, don't be rude. Post this on socials. And he goes, I like you. You're off-putting and confident energy. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is going to be bad. Well, see, that's part of the reason that I like Zava, is because he's also honest, like when he says. And he's never, like, with Zava, I feel like he's never trying to, like, hurt people or put them down. He's just speaking like his truth and it might happen to be offensive to well, you. Well, I think he's trying to put Jamie down a little bit. But that but I I'm think... one I'm wondering about that too because it's like is he trying to put Jamie down or does he just get wrapped up in his own ego? I don't know. He, like, I like again, like I've said, the guy is playing yeah, the guy is down. playing it quite well cuz yeah. you never know. Uh yeah, so so maybe that tips the hand on my favorite character. My favorite character was Zava in like a love hate mm. kind of way. I'm sorry, it's gonna be Shandy and her fucking <laughs> eating her own hair. Yeah, I just thought Zava was like he's charismatic, he's entertaining. Um, I fear that he might be a cult leader, but I still I thoroughly enjoyed them like mixing it up and adding this element. Like yeah, this far into a series, it's hard to add something new, and they definitely did that. Okay, so question, 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 question. This mm. is about Sh- Shandy. Um, or Shandy. Um, do you remember when um, Keely introduced him to, uh, introduced her to Higgins, Higgy Bottoms? Yeah. And Higgy had an odd response to it. Mm-hmm. He had a response to it like he had a response to Jane. And Higgy was right about Jane. He remains right. I am concerned. This is where I like, this is my like thing. I think, I think Shandy and Keely are going to have a falling out. I think Shandy is going to turn into one of those characters that I kind of like because she's fucking wild. But like, she's not going to be able to reel it in in the long run. And like, there might be a falling out because Higgy Bottoms for Higgy Bottoms is an excellent judge of character. Um, I remember that moment. I couldn't tell whether I should make anything of that moment or if I should just consider it like the other Shandy introduction moments where Keely would introduce Shandy to people and she would then follow it up by saying, 
she's my friend. And then everybody else would go, oh, that makes more sense. Because <laughs> everybody kind of had a Higgins-like reaction to Shandy, but Higgins definitely had the strongest reaction. Yeah, Higgins had a Jane-like reaction. I don't know what to make of it, but I I, I, I know what you're saying about it's Jane-like because he had that same tone of voice. Listen, Higgins is right. Higgins is unequivocally right about Jane. Mm. I don't know if you're if you're right about this, I'll be impressed. I don't know if I'm I'm gonna be right. I kind of hope that I'm not because I fucking love Shandy. I hope that you're not either. I like Shandy. She's the best. I, you need a friend who's gonna throw down for you no matter what, and maybe eats her own hair. <laughs> I will say so far, yeah, so far they've only showed her to be a ride or die for Keeley. Yeah, she's I a don't, little bit of a loose cannon, but not detrimentally I, so. So yeah, I think they're having fun with it as opposed to signaling that she's gonna be a problem yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping that's correct i'm hoping i'm wrong but that that response from higgy bottoms got my you know antennas twitching i'm like oh because mm. i tr- i trust higgies i trust higgins leslie higgins he knows what's up yeah yeah i don't he's I, a feminine junior i'm thinking it doesn't mean that i don't know we'll see we'll see i, I hope i'm wrong shall um, we continue to the next section or is our, there more yeah our last superlative is hot brown water or your least favorite character you know i always figured that tea was just gonna taste like hot brown water and you know what i was right yeah it's horrible no thank you jane this is jane it's only jane okay so there's three this is very hard for me it should be rupert because he was technically on screen and anytime rupert is on screen he is the least favorite however jane was there longer and was and as such was given more opportunity to be the worst um and she 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 took it up she took up all that worseness i also fucking hated tish um so it's gonna be it's gonna be those three because you know rupert can't appear on screen without without me commenting that he is the worst um for me it was dr jacob Oh, I see. I leaned away from Doctor Jacob because um, I just didn't want to touch that. It hurt my head. Yeah. Also, though, I don't really care about Jacob, but I just thought he's corny. <laughs> and Michelle, like Michelle, Michelle, uh, girl, she yeah, dumped this is one a... corny dude to downgrade to a a serious downgrade. A serious downgrade to like a way cornier, not even funny dude. Like at least Ted's funny. Well, Ted is corny enough and like that he can legitimately pull off Michelle. a mustache. Fuck Michelle. And that's hard. Fuck Michelle. He runs he runs marathons in a in a, in a banana costume. Ugh. Ted Lasso like- would never do that. Like he has too much dignity to do. Whatever. Anyway, so it was Jacob. Ted Lasso does not have too much dignity to do that. He would do that if he thought it would make you laugh. I don't. Um, Ted Lasso's not a crash test dummy. Like he likes making people laugh. He'll give you a high kick if he thinks that'll make you smile, like he did for Rebecca. But he's not a crash test dummy. Like he 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 doesn't debase himself for humor. But anyway, unlike Jacob doing a Trump impression. All right. So whatever. So Michelle, you have terrible taste in men, apparently, outside of Ted Lasso. Mm. Um, <laughs> I could go on forever about how suspicious i am of that woman um so yeah that was the episode i loved it it was packed with a lot 
I'm sure this episode is going to be long. This episode of our podcast is going to be long. Um, but, you know, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will see you for episode four. I missed Nate in this episode. There was no I Nate. I do. I need, I need for Nate a little to clip come back because I feel like he's going to be – I think they're, like, kind of delaying um, jumping in to, like, that storyline. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gotta, I think that's going to be the big one. Yeah. You got you to kind of string it out and delay it a little bit. I'm looking forward to it. They're going to play West Ham next, I think, and – yeah, that this the description of episode four says Ted is reunited with an old friend. <laughs> so if that's not an understatement, I don't know what is. All right, so thanks everybody for listening. Join us next week uh, when we talk about episode four. And until next time, bye, Julia. Bye bye. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from our listeners. Follow or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and send your comments, theories, and just any general feelings you have about what we covered this week to tviuslifepod at gmail.com. And we may cover it on an upcoming episode. Thank y'all for listening. Until next time, take care of your characters and each other.